Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. This show is brought to you by Pariah Pickups, quality handcrafted guitar pickups from Detroit. Check them out at pariahpickups.com. And folks, if you want to support the No Sleep Till Sudbury podcast on Patreon and gain access to all kinds of unreleased material from the show, just go to patreon.com slash Music for details. This week on the show, I want to talk about a favorite musician of mine, the singer Scott Weiland. In his early days with Stone Temple Pilots, he was panned by critics as a karaoke Eddie Vedder, which I never really got. But as his career developed, Weiland certainly made those critics eat their words. He came to be known for his volatile onstage persona, wild but controlled at the same time. And he also continually developed his singing style to incorporate diverse types of vocal delivery in a remotely similar way to Axl Rose, though I'm sure Wyland wouldn't be comfortable with that comparison. To me, Wyland mostly sounded like a cross between John Lennon and David Bowie. About a decade ago, I read Wyland's biography called Not Dead and Not for Sale. And as a guy who's read countless rock biographies, I can tell you that it was one of the best reads of the bunch for me. I found Wyland to have an incredible way with words, and he came across as such an intriguing, compelling person, considering the entire calculus of all the things that he was, good, bad, and otherwise. I've always been a bit fascinated by him in this sense. Still am. Most people remember Scott Wyland as the lead singer of Stone Temple Pilots. He made six records with the band as an on-off member from 89 to 2013. And he also sang in supergroup Velvet Revolver for five years and released two albums with those guys. Wyland also recorded a lot of solo material, collaborating with many other musicians throughout his career, eventually forming a backing band for himself called The Wildabouts in 2012. Wyland was born in San Jose, California, as Scott Richard Klein. When he was five, his stepfather, David Wyland, legally adopted him, and Scott took that surname. During his youth, his family moved to Ohio and then back to California when he was in high school. As a teen, Wyland was a gifted athlete, quarterback of the high school football team, and positions on his school's soccer, volleyball, and wrestling teams. Before his teens, Wyland began to indulge in alcohol. At the age of 12, he claimed to have been raped by an older male, a high school senior who had invited him to his house. He wrote in Not Dead and Not For Sale that he suppressed the memory until it came to light in therapy decades later. Wyland met bassist Robert DeLeo at a Black Flag concert in Long Beach, California in 1985, eventually discovering that they were dating the same girl. They formed a unique bond over this, and they ended up moving in together, taking over that same girl's recently vacated apartment. Wyland and DeLeo would form a band with a couple of Wyland's childhood friends, before Eric Kretz and DeLeo's brother Dean would ultimately join the group. They briefly called themselves Mighty Joe Young, before their fondness for the initials STP compelled them to change the band name to Stone Temple Pilots. In 1992, their debut record Core would be released, containing the hits Sex Type Thing, Wicked Garden, Creep, and of course, Plush. 
Two years later, STP recorded their second record, entitled Purple, which sold 6 million copies. Purple featured the mega-hits Vaseline and Interstate Love Song, and the record defined the band's identity beyond their alternative genre brethren. While his problems with drug addiction during this period resulted in prison time and the cancellation of most of the STP 1996-1997 tour, supporting their third record, Tiny Music, songs from the Vatican gift shop. STP regrouped in 1999 and released their album entitled Number 4, which featured hit single Sour Girl. Around the same time, Wyland spent an additional five months in jail for drug possession. Nevertheless, the band's fifth record, Shangri-La Da, was released in 2001 and STP was still very much a hot ticket, headlining the Family Values Tour with Stained, Linkin Park, and Static X. However, just a little over a year later, a number of altercations between Wyland and the DeLeo brothers led to the band's demise. It was around the same time that Wyland announced that he had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. During that same year, former Guns N' Roses members Slash, Duff McKagan, and drummer Matt Sorum, along with former Wasted Youth guitarist Dave Kushner, began seeking out a singer to form a brand new band. Among the singers to have auditioned include Josh Todd from Buck Cherry, Skid Row's Sebastian Buck, Travis Meek from Days of the New, Mike Patton of Faith No More, and Miles Kennedy, who didn't quite audition. Apparently, he didn't show up for his audition. Wyland had previously crossed paths with some of these guys in the band, and they sent him two CDs of material to listen to and to work with. He wrote in his memoir that he was immediately doubtful after listening to the first disc, as it sounded like bad company gone wrong, according to him. He thought more highly of the second disc, saying it sounded kind of like core-era Stone Temple Pilots. Despite this, Wyland declined the invitation to collaborate with the band, as STP hadn't yet formally broken up. When Stone Temple Pilots did formally split in 2003, Wyland was sent new music. He took the song into the studio and added a vocal track, the song eventually becoming Set Me Free. Though still uncertain if he wanted to commit, Wyland recorded Set Me Free and a cover of Pink Floyd's Money with the group for two separate movie soundtracks. Wyland did formally join the band after, with Set Me Free reaching number 17 on the charts without any formal promotion whatsoever. Now, when it came time for the band to choose a name, Slash indicated that he liked the word revolver because of its potential to have multiple meanings. It was a Beatles record, a gun, and it carried the subtext of a revolving door, which suited the band's ethos. From there, Wyland suggested Black Velvet Revolver to juxtapose dichotomous contexts, the idea that something intimate could be crossed with something deadly. The word black was eventually dropped, and Velvet Revolver it would be. Their debut record Contraband was released in June 2004 and debuted at number one on the Billboard 200, selling more than three million copies worldwide. And Slither and Fall to Pieces from Contraband both reached number one as singles as well. Slither won a Grammy for Best Hard Rock Performance in 2005, which was the second for Wyland. 
He'd previously earned a Grammy for Plush with SGP in 1994. Velvet Revolver performed at the 2005 Grammy Awards ceremony, playing Beatles song Across the Universe with Bono, Stevie Wonder, Steven Tyler, Brian Wilson, Alison Krauss, and Alicia Keys. Velvet Revolver's second record, Libertad, was released in July 2007 and got up to number five on the Billboard Top 200. It would be their last. That same year, Dean DeLeo from STP called Wyland with an offer to headline several summer festivals. The story goes that Wyland accepted and cleared the tour with the guys in Velvet Revolver, but then they stopped talking to him. In March 2008, amid rising tensions in Velvet Revolver, Wyland told the crowd at their Glasgow show that this would be the band's final tour. After the tour was over, several shots were fired back and forth via interviews and websites, and a few weeks later it was announced that Wyland was out of Velvet Revolver. Stone Temple Pilots subsequently reunited for a 73-date U.S. tour in May of 2008. The STP reunion was a success, and it continued through 2009 as the band began recording its sixth studio album, and its first since 2001. The record was simply called Stone Temple Pilots, and it was released on May 25th, 2010. In September of that year, STP announced it would be rescheduling several of their tour dates so that the band could take a short break. The band had already branched out to Australia, playing sold-out shows in Sydney and Melbourne, and there was talk of tour stops in the Philippines, Singapore, and Indonesia. Once again, tensions rose in 2012 between Wyland and the rest of STP. Reports emerged that Wyland would refuse to leave his dressing room right before a show, but would give no reason why. Plans to launch a fall tour celebrating the 20th anniversary of CORE were scuttled, and on February 27, 2013, STP announced on their website that they had officially terminated Scott Weiland. STP subsequently brought Linkin Park singer Chester Bennington aboard as Weiland's replacement, with Weiland later claiming that they shouldn't be calling themselves Stone Temple Pilots, if that was the case, without him in the band. In the midst of all this, Weiland had recorded two solo albums, 12 Bar Blues and Happy in Galoshes, which featured all manner of musical genres, including bossa nova, country, and psychedelia. And in 2011, Wyland recorded a Christmas album called The Most Wonderful Time of the Year. It featured Christmas songs performed in unusual styles like reggae and bossa nova, but mostly consisted of Christmas standards in a crooning style, similar to the old school guys like Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra. And it totally works. Full disclosure, it's my favorite Christmas album, and it's the first one that plays every year in the Jensen house while the tree's going up. That's a true fact. In June 2014, Wyland announced the formation of his new backing band, The Wildabouts, and that they had recorded an album called Blaster to be released later that year. The record was delayed and would finally come out the following year, on March 31st, 2015. Wildabouts guitar player Jeremy Brown died the day before the record was released, the cause of death being a drug overdose. 
While his drinking had been fairly heavy since his teenage years, despite his personal assessment of his alcohol intake in Not Dead and Not For Sale, he wrote that he didn't consider his drinking to be a problem, describing himself as a regular garden-variety boozer. Where drugs were concerned, Wyland's first experience with heroin was in New York in August of 1993, shortly after Core went platinum. Wyland told an interviewer in 2005 that heroin made him feel safe and completely sure of himself. It took away all the fears, Wyland said. His lengthy downward spiral of drug problems began around 1995 when he was sentenced to a year of probation after being arrested for buying crack cocaine. The sentence seemed to have the reverse effect on Wyland, however, as his drug use escalated upon completing his probation. Courtney Love claimed that he booked a hotel room right next to hers for two months, and they shot drugs together the entire time. Since then, Wyland spent time in and out of both rehab facilities and jail, having faced several drug and alcohol-related charges and attempting short-lived bids at rehabilitation that never really took hold. Wyland seemed to have kicked heroin in 2002, but had more difficulty with alcohol, cocaine, and other drugs right up until his death. In the late 90s, STP manager Steve Stewart recalls encountering Wyland in particularly bad shape at the Four Seasons Hotel in Beverly Hills, and felt as though Wyland might not be around much longer. Stewart claimed that he told him that if he never saw him again, he loved him, and that he would always be there for him. In response, Wyland kicked him and swore at him. With Wyland's addiction issues came a host of other personal problems. He had separated from his wife, Mary Forsberg, and she made it difficult for him to see his kids. In 2007, Wyland's younger brother, Michael, died of cardiomyopathy which severely impacted Wyland. Velvet Revolver songs for a brother and Pills, Demons, and Etc. were written by Wyland in commemoration of his brother, as were a number of songs from his second solo record. Wyland began experiencing episodes of paranoia and mania caused by his bipolar disorder in early 2015, shortly after the release of the Wildabouts debut record. In Boston, Wyland behaved erratically during a VIP meet-and-greet session, shouting bizarre, insulting comments at fans who had paid to attend the event. The episodes continued, and Wyland sought out medication to counter them, and after finding one that worked, it caused him to gain 40 pounds, and he stopped taking it. When a clip from a spring 2005 Wildabouts gig made the rounds on the internet featuring Wyland singing Vaseline off-key and in a bizarre fashion, it was assumed that he was back on heroin. But the reason for the performance turned out to be an ill-prescribed dosage of antipsychotic drug Geodon. Apparently the dosage was too high. Following the adjustment, Wyland was said to have returned to normal according to his third wife, Jamie Wyland. Other representatives for Wyland offered conflicting reasons for this performance, citing lack of sleep, an overabundance of drinks that evening, and even a faulty earpiece, but not drugs. 
The controversy and speculation continued to swirl online, and in June 2015, Weiland shot back, claiming he had not done drugs for 13 years. Around this time, Weiland did not appear to be physically healthy. He regularly took six different prescription drugs and was drinking heavily, according to his wife, Jamie, which was a particular concern because he had hepatitis C, a liver condition that was likely the result of Weiland's extended drug use. The evening of December 2nd, 2015, had been a late one for Weiland in Chicago following a show. The next morning, Weiland woke up around 9 a.m., used the bathroom, and then returned to bed. He was invited to breakfast a few hours later with a knock on his door, but he failed to answer, which wasn't unusual because he often slept late. And if it was suspected that Wyland was sleeping, the rest of his band understood that he was not to be bothered. Much later in the day, around 8 p.m., tour manager Aaron Moeller found Wyland lying on his side in a fetal position, with his eyes half-closed. Moeller tugged at Wyland's leg, but Wyland did not react. He wasn't moving. Wild Boat's drummer Joey Castillo entered the bus and searched for a pulse along Wyland's neck, but he was not able to find one. Moeller called 911 and told the dispatcher Wyland wasn't breathing and that he may be dead. The subsequent statement released by the Hennepin County Medical Examiner's Office found that Wyland died of an accidental overdose caused by mixed drug toxicity. Cocaine, ethanol, and MDMA were all present in Wyland's system. Also noted in the coroner's report were cardiovascular disease, history of asthma, and prolonged substance dependence. Traces of prescription medications Lunesta, Clonopin, Viagra, Dalmane, Buprinex, and Geodon were also present. News of Wyland's death spread quickly as tributes and condolences poured in. His former bandmates and Stone Temple pilots acknowledged his immense talents, along with his struggle with substance abuse, and Wyland's ex-wife, Mary Forsberg, publicly commented on Wyland's addictions and how they impacted his duties as a father to their children. She stated, quote, We are angry and sad about this loss, but we are most devastated that he chose to give up. Let's choose to make this the first time we don't glorify this tragedy with the talk of rock and roll and the demons that, by the way, don't have to come with it. Unquote. Days later, Chris Kushner, the wife of Velvet Revolver guitarist Dave Kushner, commented on her Instagram page after Wyland's funeral. A very sad day when you bury a friend. He was a good man. Don't believe everything you read. Remember, we were all there. In late 2020, Wyland's son Noah Wyland announced the formation of his new band called Suspect 208, which also features Slash's son, London, on drums. Their first single, entitled Long Awaited, has been described as reminiscent of the Stone Temple Pilots' Purple era. This has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brent Jensen. Till next time, folks. 
Take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Subway, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide.